Last week, we began a brand new series called Stress Out. Not stressed out, but stress out. We're trying to get the stress out of our lives. And here's the big idea, is that stress is what robs us from our joy. Come on. Stress is what robs us from our joy. Stress is what weighs us down with worry and anxiety. Can I tell you that stress is one of the main reasons for doctor's visits? <laughs> it is. Stress is a really big deal, but it usually doesn't start that way. Stress uh, usually is, is compounded by, by so many things that add up in our lives over time. Stress is usually one thing after the next after the next. It's when we add so much to our lives, but we never take anything away. Are you guilty of that? Because I know I am. Just adding things and adding things and never restructuring our lives. What I'm trying to say is, is, is that many of us, many of you, you're carrying a burden that you were never meant to carry. You're carrying a weight that you were never meant to carry. It's adding up in your life and because you're not restructuring, because you're not getting the stress out. You're not saying no to some certain things, all right? So you can't keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and expect a different result, all right? So we want to get the stress out. On Easter, we gave you a survey, and we asked you to tell us your top stressors. And they, they match almost identically the stressors from the American Psychological Association. Your, your top five stressors were right in line with their top five stressors. So last week we talked about your number one stress in life right now is personal finance. So we talked about that. How do we have peace in, in the middle of this storm? We gave you some principles for peace. This week we're going to talk about work stress. Woo! All right. Because everybody's dealing with work stress. And I'm not even talking about job stress necessarily. I'm, what I'm, I'm not talking about those who just work a job. I'm, I'm including full-time moms. Where y'all moms at, right? Full-time moms out there that you know it's stressful. I'm talking about students. You're going to school 8 in the morning to 3 in the afternoon. I'm talking about your 8 to 5, all right? Your 8 to 5, and it's a stressful time. And here's the deal. I understand that work life looks a lot different right now than, than it did several weeks ago. Work life is different. You're working from home when you used to work in a building. Your, your, uh, your hours maybe have been cut, and so you're stressed out on income. You, maybe you lost your job, right? Maybe you're active duty, and there are some restrictions that you have where, where you can't even... You can go to the store, and you can go to work, and that's it. Or maybe, maybe you're a nurse, and your already stressful job is now even more stressful with the fear of, of catching the coronavirus. Or, or maybe you're dealing with all of, all of the new regulations and the things that you have to deal with. It, it just adds to your already stressful life. And so if you feel that way, I want to tell you, you are not alone. All right, you're not alone because the wisest man who ever lived in Ecclesiastes chapter 2 said, I hated life. <laughs> I mean, this is Solomon talking here. The wisest, richest man who ever lived said, I hated life because the work, I was stressed out about the work that's done under the sun. It was stressful to me and it was grievous. <laughs> How many of you feel about that, that way about your job? It's just grievous. And all of it was meaningless. I just thought to myself, what is the point in all this? It was a chasing after the wind. And if the wisest man on earth has felt this way, can I tell you, 
it's okay for us to feel this way too, but we don't want to stay here. We don't want to stay stressed out. So what, what I want to do, I've got, I've got a, I, I went online this week, stress.org I think it was, and I, I found some of, the, some of the top statistics for stress, and I want to show some of those to you. 80% of you guys feel stressed at work. 80%. That's, I don't know if y'all know it, that's the majority that's a lot, right? 80 of y'all are, 80% of y'all are stressed. 25% feel like screaming or shouting because of the job stress. You're just like pulling your hair out. You want to scream. You want to shout. Check this out. 10% of you are concerned about an individual at work that you're afraid they could become violent. You're like, I think, I think, they, might, I think they might go crazy. They go bananas. Check this out. 14% of y'all are the crazy one. 14% of y'all are the one who feels like striking a co-worker in the past year. Y'all feel like punching somebody out. Now, that's just, that's crazy, right? So it's real. Work stress, work stress, no doubt about it, is real. Now, my goal today is to show you that no matter where you are in this work stress journey, you can have peace. And I don't, I, I, I want peace in my life. And I know you do too. So I want you to go from take this job and shove it to take this job and love it. All right? I want you to love your job. And I want you to know you can be peace. You can be at peace right in the middle of the chaos. But you do need to know there's no scripture about getting rid of your boss. <laughs> there's not a scripture about getting rid of a coworker. Uh, there's, there's no promise that there won't be stress. In fact, in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, I've told you these things so you can be at peace. In this world, you will have trouble. You're going to face trials of all kinds. You're going to face all kinds of tribulations, all kinds of issues. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. Jesus says you're going to have trouble, but just, just know it's, you can have peace in the middle of the trouble. So the, the promise is not that there is no storm or that there is no trouble, that there is no trial. The promise is you can have peace in it. And I don't know, I, I want that for my life. So for many of us though, we want everybody else to change. We, we want the boss to change. We want the coworker to change. We want the job to change. We want our spouse to change. We want our finances to change. We want everything else around us to change, but we don't want to change because I'm, I'm not the problem, right? That's the way we feel. But, but listen, the truth is you can't change everybody else. You can't change your coworker, your boss, or your finances. You can't change that, but here's what you can do. You can change your perspective, you can change your perspective. And that's what many of us need to do. So what I want to do today is I want to show you how the Apostle Paul, he, he had this incredible perspective that no matter what happened in life, like, oh, you want to kill me? That's okay. I'll just go on ahead, go to heaven. And they chop his head off and he's gone, right? He, he's just like, that's cool, whatever. He had a crazy perspective about life, about work, about ministry, and I want to walk you through that today. So in Colossians chapter 3, it says, Since you have been raised with Christ, in other words, since you're a Christian, you're a believer, you're already saved, you're going to heaven, here's what you ought to do. You ought to set your hearts on things above. In other words, get your eyes off of down here and get your eyes up there. 
Get your eyes on things eternal. Get your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes on heaven. Fix your eyes on, 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 on above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. And he goes on to say, set your minds. Set your thoughts. Set what goes on in here above. Set it on things above, not on earthly things. Don't, don't think about things down here. Change your perspective. So if you want less work stress, one of the most important things you could do is just change your perspective. Change how you think about things. Change how you feel about things. Change about how you, the lens that you look through. Because at the end of the day, the thing that truly stresses you out, it's not your boss, it's not your spouse, it's not anybody else. It's your perspective of all those people and all those things. And if, if you're honest with yourself, you'd probably admit that they feel the same way about you. <laughs> right? Because it's perspective. It's, it's perspective. So, it's the lens you're looking through. It's where you set your minds, where you set your heart. And Paul goes on in, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, he says, he says, As God's chosen people, you're chosen, church, you are chosen. You're holy, you're dearly loved. Clothe yourselves. Clothe yourself. See, every day you get up and you get dressed for work. You, you, you take a shower, you, you put on your clothes, and you get, you get dressed. And maybe part of the issue is you've been clothing yourself with anger when you go to work. You've been clothing yourself with frustration. You've been clothing yourself with fear, with worry, with doubt, with anxiety. You've been clothing yourself with all the wrong things. But Paul says to clothe yourselves with compassion. Instead of, instead of going to work mad, why don't you go to work glad? Go to, go to work compassionate. Because you know that those people at work, are, they're dealing with things too. The world is turned upside down for them too. Have compassion on them. Clothe yourselves with kindness. Instead of walking in grumpy, well, man, just walk in happy. Be kind. And instead of being prideful, like you got it all together and you don't have any issues, you got issues, come in with humility, right? Gentleness. And I know all of us could use a little bit of patience. Come on. If you've driven down Kemp lately, you know you need some patience. You just you need patience. And and so my encouragement here is this. You're going to have to make a daily choice to put on a new some new clothes. So you can choose to be compassionate and kind today, but it only lasts for today. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, you're going to have to make a choice to put on the jacket of, of kindness, the garment of praise for that spirit of heaviness, right? Well, Pastor Ben, I don't feel like it. You don't know my boss. He's a jerk. Well, that's where the choice comes in. Because choices lead, feelings follow. You've got to make a choice. Now, I'm going to put on love today. I'm going to put on kindness. I'm going to put on joy. I'm going to put on, I'm going to put on happiness. And I'm going, to, I'm, just, I'm going to wear these garments. And the same way you get dressed physically, you've got to get dressed emotionally, and you've got to get dressed spiritually. Come on, somebody. Every single day. Back to Colossians verse 13. He says, you've got to bear with each other. Have you ever heard somebody say, just bear with me for a moment? Like, like, bear with me. What they're saying to you is, let me, let me get my thoughts. Let me think about that for a second. I, I don't have it all together. Or maybe they realize that, that they're struggling a little bit and they just say, just bear with me. Hold, hold on for a second. Just bear with me. And, and that's what Paul's saying here. We're going to have to bear with one another. 
We're going to have to be okay when everybody else isn't okay. And we're going to have to be okay when we're not okay, right? Bear with each other and forgive one another. Oh, man, I love this. Forgive one another if any of you have a, has a grievance against someone. We've got to forgive. Well, how am I supposed to forgive, Pastor Ben? You forgive the same way the Lord forgave you. That's tough, but it's so worth it. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. So, what we're going to do today is we're going to look at some we're going to look at some perspectives. Before I go there, before I show you these three perspectives, I want to show you one of the most important pieces of clothing you can put on every day, and it's verse 14, and it says, above every piece of spiritual and emotional clothing you put on, above everything else, put on love. Because love binds everything together in perfect unity. You're trying to be kind, but you don't have love, that's going to be tough. You're trying to be humble, but you don't have love, it's going to be tough. You're going to try to be compassionate without love, it's tough. But when you, buy, when, you, when you put on love, it binds all of those virtues together. So let's wear that today. So here's what we're going to do. Three perspectives that I want you to have about work. Whether you love your job or you hate your job, I'm hoping that these perspectives will help you in, in the future, all right? So... Number one is this, that my career, my career gives me something to live on, but my calling gives me something to live for. Come on, y'all. Let me say it this way. My career gives me a paycheck, but my calling gives me a purpose. Mm, that's good right there. My, 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 my career pays the bills, but my, my calling gives me something to live for. Man, this is so, so powerful. One of the most important things that you could, I could ever teach you as, as a church is that you have a calling. You have a purpose, and, and there's greater purpose for you. That purpose is to make a difference, to go into the world and make a difference. See, the happiest people I know, they're, they're not the ones who have a better spouse than you. They're not the ones who have a better job than you. They're not the ones who have a better uh, paycheck than you. The happiest people on earth are the ones who know why they're on this earth. I'm going to say it again. The happiest people on earth are the ones who know why they're on this earth. They have something to live for. They have something meaningful in their life. And a lot of people think that a calling is just for somebody in full-time ministry. Oh, that, that's for the pastors. Oh, that, that's, for, that, that's for people who work for the church. That's their calling. I believe that every person on planet earth has a calling. I believe it's true. And, and I'm telling you right now, if you don't know your calling, then when you go to work, you're going to have the wrong perspective. If you don't know your calling, when you go to work, you're going to be saying, man, I'm just going to pay the bills. Got to pay the piper. Right, I, I, I got I to gotta pay that mortgage. I got to make my spouse happy. I've got to make the bank happy. You'll be going for the wrong reasons because you're not fulfilled. And it'll be tough and, and it'll be stressful. But when you know your calling, when you know why you're on this earth and you use your gifts and your talents to make a difference, you go beyond just paying the bills and it changes things in your life. So let, let me say it this way. It's always better when your calling and your career can match. Okay, that's, that's the best case scenario. 
But can I tell you, it's not always possible. In fact, most people don't have the same calling and career. It doesn't work out for most people. Uh, not, everyone, not everyone has that. I have that. I, I just, I'm blessed. I really am blessed to be able to have the, my calling and career are the same. I, I have that. But not everybody has that. I'll tell you this, not even Jesus had that. He was a carpenter. Think about that for a second. The, the, the second most famous man in all of the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He didn't have that. So most of us are in that boat where our calling and our career are not the same. Paul was a church planter. Paul was, was a, an evangelist. Paul was a teacher. He was a pioneer. He traveled the world preaching the gospel, setting up churches, and he had an eight-to-five career on the side. That's, that's, that's the truth. And let me show you some of his perspective in Acts chapter 20. It's, he says... Hey, I don't know about everything, but I know this. I know life isn't going to be a picnic. <laughs> life isn't going to be a picnic because the Holy Spirit has let me know repeatedly and clearly that there are hard times and imprisonment in head. Hey, that's good news, right? Hey, Paul, give us some good news, man. Tell, tell us how everything's going to be awesome. It's going to work out. He says, no, the Holy Spirit's told him there's going to be tough times. There's going to be imprisonment. But look at this. He says, that doesn't, that doesn't, it doesn't even matter to me. It matters little to me. The next verse in verse 24 says, what really matters to me is, is that I finish what God has started. That, that I take the, the job that the master Jesus gave me serious and I help everyone I meet know about this incredibly extravagant generosity of God. Paul had the right perspective. Hey, I know it's not going to be a picnic. There's going to be hard times. There's going to be imprisonment. But I don't care about that. What I care about most, he says, is making a difference. I want to do, I want to finish the job that God has given me. And when, when I read that earlier this week, I thought about some guys who've been really, really serving uh, at the church two groups of people really there's there's a group of production people who've just been serving like crazy at the cedar elm campus to help bring these uh these services to you every single week and i am so proud of them man they are serving they're in their zone it is awesome to watch i love it but then there's this other group of guys and gals who they've been coming up during the week you know construction is considered essential right now and so we've been doing demolition, staying below 10 people, right? And they, we've had some folks coming in to help us with demo. And I've watched as they serve wholeheartedly. They're going above and beyond. Let, let me tell you about some of them. There's a store manager of one of the big mega stores in town who's furloughed for the next three weeks. And he's been coming with his boys day after day, spending hours on end to serve. There's, there's an electrician who was laid off and he's been coming up here serving like crazy just giving his all to, to help make a difference there's a security guard who works the weekends at the hospital 
But then Tuesday through Thursday, he's over here and he's working and serving with his wife. There's a doctor whose hours have been cut because, the, because of the elective surgeries that were, that were considered non-essential. And he's up here three to four days a week making a difference. There's a business owner whose, whose production has, been, has dropped because of the coronavirus. But he's coming up here bringing his equipment and they're making a difference. And there are days when I get a little bit uh, like... I just feel bad, I guess is the best way. Like, man, they're up here every day. They're serving, and I, I thank them, and I, I just I try to let them know how much we appreciate them. And the other day, I was kind of apologizing to a guy. Like, man, I'm sorry that you're having to be up here so much. And, and in his own way, he's like, no, 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 you don't apologize for that. I'm doing, I'm doing what I'm called to do. Like, I'm, I'm up here using my gifts and my talents. I'm giving back. In other words, this is my serve. This is how I can make a difference. In other words, I was made for this. Like that, and, and I love that. I love that about these guys. So, so let me say it to you this way. If you can be fulfilled in your calling, then your career won't be quite as stressful. I hope that makes sense. If your career and calling aren't the same, if, if you can be fulfilled in your calling, doing what God's called you to do, then... then then your job might not be quite as stressful. Why? Because you're going to go to that job filled up. You're going to go to that job overflowing with purpose. Can I get an amen today? I'm telling you, so good. So point number one is my, my, my career gives me something to live on, to paycheck, but my calling gives me something to live for. When you know your calling, check this out. Number two is my vocation is my ministry location. Does that make sense to you? My, my, my vocation, what I do for a living, is where my ministry can happen. It's where I can make the most difference. I'll say it this way. I, I, I work, I, where I work is where I minister. Where I work is where I minister. Have you, have you thought about the fact that you're a minister? Now, Again, some people go, no, ministers, they're, they're, the, they're the ones who are full-time. They're the pastors. They're the teachers and evangelists. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just somebody who comes to church. But I'll tell you right now, that's not true. You're a minister, and you are a 10 at something. You're a 10 at something. You don't have to be on the worship team. You don't have to preach. You don't have to do anything else. But you're a 10 in some area that I'm not a 10 at. And that's what makes the kingdom of God so awesome. We're ministers. And your life is not just about the duties that you do from your 8 to 5. You, you don't just exist to teach a class at the base. You, you don't exist simply to restock the shelf at the grocery store. You don't exist to check the patient's vital signs. You don't exist to give out loans at the bank. That's not why you're here. There's, there's, there's a greater reason for that. You don't, you don't exist to, to, to just teach curriculum to your homeschool children or to study for that exam. That's not why you exist. There's more to your eight to five than that. There's more to life than that. I mentioned how Paul had an eight to five. Right? He's got a career. And I'll show you a little bit about that in Acts chapter 18. It says that after, after this, Paul left Athens... And, and went to Corinth. Now, now, to drive from Athens to Corinth, Texas, about 106 miles. 
but this this didn't happen in Texas. All right, so uh, this is it, that's a long way off, right? But I, I was just thinking about how every state has an Athens and a Corinth and a Decatur, like everybody's got that. So after this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth, and there he met a Jew named Aquila. We actually have an Aquila who comes to City Hope, and and. Uh, and he was a native of Pontius who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla. We got a Priscilla in the room right now. Boom. What? Right? They, they came because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. And Paul went to see them. Why did Paul go see Aquila and Priscilla? Why? Because he was a tent maker. Like they were. They, they had the same trade. His career was making tents, and he stayed and worked with them. Now, I want to show you that he didn't just work with, with them. He, he, he had a calling. He had a calling to write, to author, to preach, to teach, to evangelize, to plant churches. He's also a tent maker. His career and calling weren't, weren't quite the same. And he found these, found these precious people to stay with, but he didn't just stay with them. He didn't just work with them. He ministered to them. How do I know he ministered to them? Because when you read the story, it says when he left there, they went with him. You don't just follow somebody for no reason. You only follow somebody if they made such an impact in your life that you say, I'll go where you go. I'll, I'll do what you do. I, I, want, I, I want what you have. And so they went with him. The Bible says in verse 4 that every Sabbath he would reason with the Jews uh, and, and the Greeks in the synagogue. So he had a job, he had a career, he had a calling, but he also went to church on Saturdays back then on the Sabbath, and, and he reasoned with them. He used his gifts, he used his talents, he used his purpose. And I know that a lot of you right now are sheltering in place, and your job situation looks different. And so for, for you to minister at work right now might look a little bit different. But what if, what would it look like if you brought the light of Jesus into your workplace for your work people? What would it look like? Could you put $50 on a, on a Starbucks gift card and take a picture of the QR code and send it to your team at work and say, Hey, coffee's on me today. Just, just because God loves you and I do too. Oh, what a way to minister. Could you, could you go to Circle M Donuts? Come on, somebody. Buy a couple dozen and bring them in and say, Hey, y'all, I just, I just wanted to love you today. I just wanted to tell you how proud I am to call you friends and workers. And, and you bring the joy. You bring the life. You bring the atmosphere. You take responsibility for the work environment there. It's on you. What, what would it look like for you to do that? And I'll tell you, when you start to do that, work-related stress is, is going to diminish because you're, because you're going to turn it into ministry. You're going to be fulfilled in that. I'll say it this way. H how do I do that, Pastor Ben? Well, you, you find a need and fill it. Find a hurt and heal it. That's how you can minister at work. You just find a need. Find somebody who's dealing with something and say, Hey, hey can I pray with you? Can I, can I pray with you? Can I encourage you for a moment? You find a hurt and you heal it. And you just lift them up. And you don't have to embarrass them. Maybe it's best if you don't even pray with them right there unless they ask for it. Maybe you just say, hey, I'm going to pray for you tonight. I'm going to pray for you in the morning. I'm going to be lifting your family up. Find a need and fill it. Find a hurt and heal it. Now I got to tell you, 
Um, I miss the dream team. Woo, I miss you guys. In East Tennessee, we'd say, boy, I miss y'all something fierce. That just means I miss you real bad. Man, I miss seeing you serve, greet, teach the kids. I miss seeing you park cars. I miss seeing you lead worship. And I miss seeing you, you usher people down to their seats. I miss that. And I know you miss this too. But I want to tell you that City Hope Church on Sunday mornings is not the only place you can do ministry. The greatest opportunity you have to minister is outside of these four walls. The greatest opportunity you have to minister is your Monday through Saturday. It's your 8 to 5. It's the relationships that you're building. It's the people that you're getting to know. It is people in your neighborhood. Because Jesus said it this way, Let your light shine before men that they might see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let, let them see how you minister, how you make a difference. So know this, three perspectives we're talking about. Number one is my, my career gives me something to live for or to live on my calling gives me something to live for second one is that that my vocation is my ministry location like what what i do is is where i can do ministry where i work is where i can minister number three is that i work for god not for people that's power packed right there i i don't work for a boss I don't work for an employer I don't work for anybody else or anything else you see because some of you are working for the achievement you're working for the accolades you're working for the for the pat on the back no 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 we got to work for God not anything else nothing else and it doesn't matter whether you're flipping burgers I mean this with all my heart it doesn't matter whether, whether you're flipping burgers or you're cleaning out a porta potty or you're changing a tire or changing a diaper. It doesn't matter if you're checking vital signs or you're doing open heart surgery or you're crunching numbers. The right perspective is, I'm not doing this for me. I'm not doing it for the money. I'm doing it for God. I'm doing it for God. I love what Paul wraps up saying in, in Colossians chapter 3 he says that whatever you do do it with all your heart as if you were working for the Lord do it with all your heart don't do it for human masters since you know you're going to receive an inheritance that's from the Lord don't work for people work for God because the inheritance is coming from him not from people Work for the Lord. Work for God. See, so many of us are people pleasers, though. We're, we're trying to please everybody. And it's inside a lot of us. We're just trying to please people. We've got to make the boss happy, the coach happy, the teacher happy. We've got to, we've got to impress the friend down the street. We get so frustrated doing that because it's never enough. It's never enough. Well, I started out this scripture today. I started out the, the sermon with a scripture from King Solomon, Ecclesiastes 2. And, and he, he was talking about how he hated life because of the work. It was stressful. 
Seven chapters later, it seems like he's found it out. In, 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 verse, in chapter 9, verse 10, he says the same thing Paul says just hundreds of years earlier. King Solomon says, Hey, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. Why? Because you're going to die one day, and it won't matter. You're going to die one day, and where you're going, death, there's neither working, and there's no planning, there's no knowledge, there's no wisdom. You can't do anything at that point. So whatever you do, do it with all of your heart. I'll say it this way. If you're at work, do it with all your heart and do it for the Lord. When you get home, leave work at work, come home, and be at home with those kids and that spouse with all your heart and do it for the Lord. When you come to church, when you're serving, when you're doing something that makes a difference in the kingdom of God do it with all your heart and do it for the Lord so that whatever your hand finds to do whatever it is you do it with all your heart can I get an amen do it with all your heart I know some of you attending church this morning from your home you're probably thinking man I wish I would have heard this years ago wish I would have changed years ago and and I want to give you something really quick I want you to listen really closely to me you need to quit looking in the rear view at what you should have done and how how you could have been different quit looking in the rear view mirror stop looking at tomorrow because the Bible says tomorrow has enough worries of it of its own like it's full of worries don't worry about it it'll worry about itself focus on today that right now right now from this moment on it's going to be different the best time for me to have changed was years ago the second best time is right now and I'm going to live out I'm going to change my perspective Pastor Ben as I was thinking about how to wrap up this message today I actually thought about one of my favorite songs from the movie The Greatest Showman. And just, it's the song that kind of ends the movie. It says, From now on. From now on, these eyes will not be blinded by the light. I love it. From now on, what's waited till tomorrow starts right now starts tonight let this promise in me start like an anthem in my heart from now on from now on I'm gonna I'm changing things I'm gonna change my perspective I'm not gonna I'm 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 gonna put on new clothes when I go to work every day I'm gonna put on some compassion I'm gonna put on some love and some joy from now on So what I want to do right now is I want to pray for those of you who you're dealing with work stress right where you are. You're dealing with it. Man, it's compounding and compiling on you right now. So if you would just lift up your hands right where you are. And so, Father, I'm just praying for every person joining us today who's dealing with some work stress. There's some things going on 
because they've had to change jobs or maybe they've maybe their hours are cut maybe maybe it's a whole new scenario at work and they're having to follow a bunch of rules and regulations and it's just stressful there's so much that they're dealing with maybe they're at home doing work from home but they're also homeschooling and they're teaching their kids and they're they're they're, they're spending every waking moment at home and maybe they're stir crazy God I'm praying right now for every person who's dealing with stress and I'm asking you God let them find hope in you again let them remember that their calling gives them something to live for that they have a purpose that they have a destiny help them to remember that their ministry their their vocation where they work and what they do is their ministry location and God I'm praying that we will all remember that we don't work for people We serve you. We work for you, Father. You're our great God. You're our mighty God. You're our mighty King. And we trust you from this day forward. From now on, we won't be blinded by these things. We're going to put on new clothes every day. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, right where you are, I'd love for you to just close your eyes. And let me ask you this question. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you today what's he whispering to your heart what's he what's he saying to you here's the deal at the end of your life you're not going to stand before your boss you're not going to give account before your spouse or before your co-worker you're not going to give an account to your employer at the end of your life when when you die And Solomon said it. That day's coming. You're going to stand before God. You're going to give an account to God for two things. Did you know his son Jesus? And what did you do with him? What did you do with Jesus? You're going to stand before God and he's going to ask you. Did you know my son? Did you have a relationship with my son Jesus? And here's the thing. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. It, that, for that question, it doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter how much money you made. It doesn't matter where you worked. It doesn't matter all of the good things you did in this life. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, it just doesn't matter. And I want to give you an opportunity today to know Jesus. To experience real, life-giving relationship with Jesus <coughs> if you're with us for church online today and you'd say Pastor Ben I, I'm far from God I don't, I don't have a relationship with Jesus I've been living my own way I've been doing things my own way and, and I'm sorry but more than being sorry I want to change I want to repent repent just means to change the way you've been doing it to change your mind about how you've been living. You've got to change your perspective. You've got to, you've got to change, you've got to make a U-turn from the way you've been doing things. And if you want a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to lead you in a simple prayer. Right where you are, I'd love for you to pray this with me today. Just say, Jesus, I give my life to you. Will you please forgive me for doing things my way? Please forgive me for not serving you, for not loving you, for not living for you. 
I repent. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. My very best friend. And from this day forward, I will follow you. I will serve you. And I will work for you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen.